I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. And it's magical, magical mortgages. <laughs> and today we have a special guest with us. This is Jacob Webb. He's the owner and, well, CEO and founder, founder and I guess owner yep, too, yep. of Level 10 Title. Hi, how you doing? Jacob Webb. Thanks for coming, Jacob. Sure, my pleasure. I was excited. And we're actually going to do a mini series for you guys. So... You guys are going to be lucky enough to have Jacob here with us for the next three episodes. So we are going to dive right in. Our first episode today is we're just going to kind of title one-on-one, one-on-one, 101, yeah. <laughs> title 101, and just really give you guys a basic understanding and knowledge base of what title is, what does a title company do? and how that works with your real estate transaction. Yeah, and, and we can cover really basic stuff. Um, if we start to get in too deep, that might be like episode five or something. Like <laughs> right. So, um, so we'll just do basics so we understand what it is, and then um, we just kind of take it from there, so. Exactly, and before we dive too deep into the topic, I would love for everyone to get to know you a little bit more, sure. Jacob. Yeah. So. Why don't you go ahead and tell all of our listeners just a little bit more about yourself? So I'm, um, I mean, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. I moved up here. I married my wife. Um, we have six children. Do you have uh, six kids? I do. I have six. I didn't know you had six. So I have three that are my own, three that are adopted. Um, and I just, I started out as a school teacher and, um, and then it just evolved uh, into um, getting involved in real estate. And I started doing real estate investing and um, one of the things that I started doing with real estate investing was uh, I started just doing like my own title searches and my own backgrounds and stuff on things. And so I was getting asked a lot of questions um, about title in general and uh, with the, the investment stuff I was doing. And then it just sort of parlayed into um, eventually me deciding to open up a title company. Uh, I did that um, for four years and then I wound up selling that company and then I, I worked for a, a couple of hedge funds here locally that were, were buying and selling real estate. And I was managing that, uh, at least the transactions for them and trying to help them uh, either go through code violation issues and things they were dealing with. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, I opened up a drug rehab as well. And, oh, I didn't um, know that yeah, one. So my family, we were involved with setting up and running a local rehab center. And that was really, um, a very uh, interesting challenge and, and a very good thing to do. And um, so I enjoyed that. And then in 2020, in June of 2020, my son got hurt. And um, I just realized that uh, it was time to make another move out of the rehab space. And, um, and we were just sort of, uh, Gina and I were just kind of led into this opportunity to, to open up a new title company. And, um, and, it's, and it's been amazing. I mean, from the day we opened our doors, uh, it was like the market just changed almost immediately and oh. then it was just boom. And so uh, we went from from opening to 30 closings a month like overnight. So mm -hmm. that was exciting. 
Um, and then I just, you know, I'm, it's what I'm good at. It's just, it's what I've done. I graduate, you know, you, you sort of gravitate towards the things that you're, you're good at and that's what I'm good at. So uh, I just decided to stick with it. And so that's what I'm doing now. But now you've done a lot of different things though, cause yeah. can't tell me you probably weren't also good at, yeah. you know, the rehab or the hedge fund or real estate investing. I'm yeah. sure you were good at those too. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. It's just, um, it's, it's almost just like you sort of gravitate towards where your gifting areas are. Like, I'll be honest, I talk to agents all the time and I'm like, I wouldn't want to be a realtor. I would be oh, terrible at it, you know? <laughs> so uh, everybody has to do what it is they're gifted and good at doing. And I just so happens like I secretly, it's no longer a secret once I put this out there, but um, are we like the first? Yeah. To do know? we need to do a sound yes. thing or something? So I don't think scary is the right one, no. but maybe, maybe like maybe crickets. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I secretly really enjoy clearing files, like clearing files to close. One of the things I love to do is, um, so for me, it's almost like, um, I like watch these like investigation TV shows and stuff like that. <laughs> like and, the serial killer ones, like forensic yeah, but, files. <laughs> but, um, uh, my, my wife doesn't have the same passion for those shows as I do. So, so I don't watch them as much, but I enjoy the sort of figuring it out aspect of things and as we get into the real estate and things like there's a lot of messy files and things that are coming so i do secretly enjoy sorting through all the mess cleaning everything up and then i have a little area of my software where i put clear to close and i type it in there oh, and I um, and words. i just i love it i i really do enjoy it and um and so i'm i'm and so it's really just goes along the lines of like you just do the things you enjoy Mm -hmm. and, and people would, you know, look at my son, like did an internship with me in the summer and he's like, dad, no offense, but, but this is terrible. And so, <laughs> you know, um, cause he saw firsthand what I was doing and it's mm -hmm. just, there's nothing glamorous about it. You're just, you're grinding through things. And so, um, and then the other thing I love is, um, what I've learned, everything can be fixed, everything. So matter, no matter what issue comes up on a property um, uh, with title or whatever it is, mm -hmm. everything can be fixed. It's just a matter of the time frame by which things can be fixed, right? And yeah. the end all be all, all the way to the point where like, if you have to get it in front of a judge at some point, and then that's what you do, but Ooh. yeah, but that's, so I enjoy that. And so that's really why you go from title, then you do all the different things I've done, and then it's back to title. And this is pretty much it. Like this is my what, landing place. What was the time difference between, cause you had a title company before. Mm -hmm. When, what years did you have that to so when we, you started in 2020? We, we opened up the first title company we opened up in 2008. Um, How was that? That was almost identical to this in the sense of like, we went from zero closings to like it's, we, when we sold it, we were doing 120 closings a month. Like it was a, a, a large company. Um, and that comes with its own fair share of headaches. But um, the difference was back then there were title, there were title companies closing all mm -hmm. over the place. And so we would walk in to, to market and, and, and just go meet realtors and mortgage brokers and things like that. And like, they're like, yeah, my title company just got closed down. And so, we picked up a lot of new business that way. Um, 
But that was back in, in 2008, and then we sold in 2012. Well, and it just kind of goes to show, too, you know, for our listeners, people that are nervous. I know I hear it a lot. Is there another crash? Is there this or that? That there's still people buying homes, yeah. even in slower times. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, from what I've seen, I, I haven't been through everything, but I've been through a lot. Um, there's always a market for something. It's just a matter of navigating it and sort of figuring it out. But for me, um, you know, I, so this next go around, I, I wasn't really interested in 120 closing a month, like title company. I like being involved with the files back then. You know, I had a team of, you know, I maybe had a team of 20 people and, and I was oh more gosh. managing people than I was actually doing just the, doing the, the work and, and like I answer phones and I you know and people say all the time like you're the owner why are you doing that and I was like I to me the owner should be doing that like it's you know we're the front lines but you know I we're we're comfortable where we're at we want to grow a little bit um but I do enjoy um like just grinding through these things uh-huh. I mean I do enjoy the the like it's it's we do the searches everything comes back everything's great no problems but, I call those in my world the vanilla loans. Yes, those are great, <laughs> but but I do have um, I, I do have some really interesting files that I have to work my way through. So and I enjoy that. And I definitely want to put a pin in that because I think you could share some really awesome yeah. stories. Yep. But before you share the stories. I think we got to give all the listeners a little bit more detail on exactly what title is. Yes. So that way, when you share the stories, they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So it's, it's title insurance is, it can confuse people. So I have a way that I like to explain it. It seems to be a very simple, simplistic way of doing it. Um, so for instance, I have, um, car insurance, uh, for my cars. Uh, I have three teenage drivers. My car insurance, yeah. My car insurance is through the roof. But a car insurance is designed to protect our family and us if anything's going to happen in the future. If the the kids do something in one of the cars or they wreck it or whatever it is, it protects us from that. We have homeowner's insurance, uh, which I just renewed today, and that's another another situation. Especially here in Florida. Yeah, awful. And... um, so that protects us if anything happens in the future, anything that could happen, a hurricane, a fire, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, title insurance will protect you from the past. And so title insurance is, is it's, in for, it's in force on the day of closing and it protects the buyer from anything that comes from the past. So um, uh, what are some things that could pop up? There could be some, some issues of ownership. There could be, maybe there's, uh, outstanding utility liens that weren't wrapped up. Maybe there was a violation of some sort that wasn't taken care of, and it'll protect the buyer from anything from the past. And so, like my car insurance and my homeowner's insurance, I pay every month. I, every month, mm-hmm. it renews once a year. Title insurance is paid one time at closing, and it's just one fee that's on the closing statement. And then they have that policy for the for the entirety of the amount of time they own the home. They have the policy the whole time. Okay. So, and then there's two types of policies. There's an owner's policy, which protects the owner. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lender's policy, which protects the lender. And Be- so- Yes, because uh, us lenders 
love to know that we're secured secure of course so makes us feel good right so then um so it's all a part of the contract and it's usually something that's handled like from the negotiating part of it it's all handled at, at the contractual part of the transaction and then we just we we just we charge the fees they're on the hud and then the policy is delivered usually about 30 days after closing the policies are delivered and then it's good um it's good for the the, the entire time that you own the home that's a very simplistic Simple. explanation of what <laughs> title insurance is and, and really just comparing it like the differences between yeah. between like homeowners insurance and title or car insurance it, it helps sort of people can wrap their mind around it now question is title insurance the same thing as like title work so the title work is um the roadmap that I need in order to offer the title insurance. Okay. So, okay. so I get a new contract in, I will order a lien search from the city and the county. Uh, we order what's uh, called a, a title commitment and the title commitment in it's very simplistic terms is, is a document that gives you a list of things that you need to do mm-hmm. in order to have a closing. And so um, for me, uh, it's really my roadmap. I just start at number one and that's done. I did that. I did that. I did that. And once I've completed the entire list, um, then, then that's done. And then the other set of title work would be like, if there's an, a homeowners association, I would order like an estoppel fee from the HOA. Mm-hmm. And so all Can of these come together. Can you explain to everyone what an estoppel Yeah. So is? an estoppel is, um, people ask me all the time it's, <laughs> and I'm like, it's, I it's, always think of it, it just as seems like, like a silly word. It's like a ledger of, of sorts. Yeah. It's your, basically, the, they call it a stopple. It's a fancy word. Uh, I actually don't know where it comes from, the word or whatever. But basically, the HOA will send me uh, a ledger, a report that says, here's how much you, you pay a month. Here's how much you owe. Here's how much is due. Uh, if they'll let me know if there's any violation. It's just a, it's a list. That's all it is. And so yeah. if there's an HOA, um, I have to... Um, I have to request an estoppel and all of the HOAs. Hold on. Yeah. All of the HOAs charge estoppel fees and they're not Mm -hmm. getting any cheaper. And the other thing I've seen going up lately is the the city and the county lien searches going. Really? Yes. So these are just things everybody's going to, everybody charges their fees. And this brings up a good point since we're kind of talking about costs. Yeah, uh, I did an episode for everyone a long ways back where I broke out closing costs, right. all the different kinds. And I talked on title fees, but didn't go into great detail about them mm-hmm. because that's not my area. Yep. So can you talk a little bit on what are some typical title fees to expect? And also, um, if there's anything buyers should be cautious of that might lead to them being taken advantage um, so the if, so every title company or, or law firm they're going to charge um, some type of a settlement fee, right? Mm-hmm. Mine's six ninety five. I tell people it's not the highest, it's not the lowest. It's competitive. But I answer my phone, and and that's a big deal. And so um, and then people have access to me, and that's really so. I don't get a lot of people, but that that's my fee. And then I charge like other things. There's like, you know, you have FedEx fees and wire fees and mm-hmm. they're relatively minimal type charges. And then it comes down to, um, I would think as a buyer, it would be important to know, like understand who's paying for the title insurance because mm-hmm. um, that's a negotiable point. 
And so yeah. that's an area where um, there's ways that it's traditionally done um, in the in each county, like who pays for the title insurance, um, but it, it's negotiable. And so mm-hmm. I always think it's a great negotiating point. And if you've got an agent that's working with you that's savvy enough to, to figure that out, like there's a way to, um, to say, yeah, I'll pay for the title insurance and then you lower your price accordingly. And, mm-hmm. and there's some ways to do that. That's probably for another show, but. Um, I actually did that when I bought <laughs> my home in 21. Yeah. So we were in the multiple bid. Yep. There was 10 offers, I think, on my home the mm-hmm. day it came on the market. But we were worried about the appraisal. Yep. We were worried about it appraising. So what I chose to do was offer an appraisal gap. And then traditionally, in Palm Beach County, the seller, seller pays correct. title. Yep. But in this case, I said, let's let's offer list price, but I'll pay title. Yep. That way the home doesn't, I'm not going above a price value and we gotta worry about an correct. appraisal issue. We're going in at list, we think it's gonna appraise, yep. and the seller gets more money was, in their pocket. Like I remember, that was a few years ago, and the market has changed quite mm-hmm. a bit. So when I was first doing this, and this will probably go more into another episode that we do with the investing, but I used to just use it as a negotiating point. And, and like title insurance on something might cost $3,000, but I asked for a $5,000 discount on my purchase price. It's mm-hmm. not my job to teach them to know their numbers. I know my numbers. And so it just it just depends on, on where you're at, who you're working with. That's why it's important that you're working with people that sort of understand how to structure and do things and, and, and you know, are, are savvy enough to see what's going on in the market and, and try to help you negotiate um, the best deal possible, at least for, for how you're gonna structure it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, it's kind of cool. There's all different kinds of things you can do when you are negotiating a deal outside right. of the- The traditional. The traditional. Correct. Yeah, and it's not, they're not huge numbers, but it's, you know, a couple Every thousand bucks here. Helps. Yeah, it all adds up. So, but to, to, to go back, like if I was a buyer, um, that would be the main thing. The other thing that we definitely are going to get into in episode two, when it starts talking about fraud stuff, mm-hmm. like I, I can't even, um, that is, I just shared with you guys a little bit earlier about um, the title company I owed, owned before. Yes. The, the fraud. So the one thing that I, it, it's amazing how different it is. Like the fraud has evolved. So mm-hmm. it, it is so different than what we were dealing with with before. And then, there's the one thing I know about fraud is that it's going to keep evolving. Um, and so for me, uh, because it only takes one time for like somebody to accidentally send the wire to the wrong place or the wrong, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't think I would ever do a closing without it being with my title company period yeah. where like I send the wire and instructions. They're calling me directly for verification. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I'm not, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful title companies out there. I just would want, I want to, I would want to use my people and I would pay yeah. for it. To me, it's worth it. Um, it. To me, it's worth it to pay for it. But that would be the biggest thing is, is just not being, not feeling like you're forced to use maybe a company that you're not comfortable with. Like I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of, if I'm a buyer, I'll pretend I'm a buyer. I have my realtor, my real estate agent. I've got my lender. And then if I could have my title company, then there's four major moving parts with two oh, agents, yeah. lender, and title. 
and I, I would have I would have an inside uh, uh, inside approach with three of the four like I feel pretty that so to me yeah. that's important and sometimes that's worth maybe paying a little bit of extra fees I agree I mean I used you guys for my personal mm -hmm. home purchase so not mm -hmm. only have I used you for my personal purchase but we use you guys as well yeah. on traditional purchases I know I refer refinances yep Yep. to you guys i typically as a lender in florida don't get a say correct in the title company right. it already comes to me um, but refinances yep. we do well and, and and it's not to say that i mean i'm on the podcast so i can plug, <laughs> I can plug my company level yes 10, you right? can but there's a lot of wonderful companies out there that's not what we're saying what we're yeah. saying is that i would want to know the people work we, with someone you trust correct you got to know the people now um like I'll just, it's probably more for the fraud show that we're gonna do, but um, I, like the secure way to send documents used to be, it, it was even up to recently is fax, right? It's so crazy. When's the last time you've sent a fax, right? It's so, e-faxes now, well, it's it all is. email. It's e-faxes, right? But it's still considered secure until mm. I got an email from my underwriter about three months ago saying that they, they found that e-faxes were getting hacked, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, every lender, anytime somebody sells a home and they pay off a loan, that like, so say you have a Bank of America uh, mortgage you need mm. to pay off. The mortgage company sends the the payoff statement through fax. That's how my, they- Yeah, my wheels are going it. now. So, so what they found was that the bad guys were, um, the bad guys were, were I'm trying, yeah, I feel like I've used that one so much. <laughs> but it's true. What about sad trombone? <laughs> yeah, that one works um, too. <laughs> but we, they found that, um, that they were hacking those and, and then title companies and people were getting, um, payoff instructions with the wrong account numbers so much so that, um, like you can't just call up bank of them. Like, so if you send me wiring instructions, I can call you up and verify your instructions. Yeah. You can't just call bank of America up and, and get to the, and be able to verify those instructions. So we had to then hire a whole nother company now that all they do is verify the lenders payoff instructions. Oh gosh. And so as, as that stuff evolves, we've had to evolve mm -hmm. and that's the stuff I would be worried about if I was a buyer. It yeah. honestly is 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 um, like making sure that you're aware of everything that's going on and all the parties involved and that they're people you know and trust and and maybe mm -hmm. you know I, I don't know that's just me um, I agree because that's what I worry about I don't worry about what I know about I worry about what I don't know about that I'm gonna find out about eventually right so and you don't want to find about it find out about it on the wrong end. You'd rather right. hear about it. From which, which we probably should save all this scary stuff for the yeah. fraud show. But so, but if I was buying a house, that's the way I would do it. I would control the transaction as much as possible. I would want to use my own title company. I would use it as a negotiating uh, tactic, mm -hmm. uh, which is more feasible now than it was a few years ago. Um, people were using it a few years ago as a way to separate themselves from the 20 offers that were on a home. So, yep. um, and uh, those are the things that I would do to make, um, just to give me a, an, maybe an extra layer of comfort in the transactions. Well, and something too, for everyone who's listening, one of the things 
our goals with this podcast too is not only to educate you guys, um, hopefully provide some sort of entertainment as well, but to empower you to take control over your own right. transaction. And I know when I bought my first home, even having been working in the industry, I didn't feel like I got a say in my title company, right. which was okay. My title company ended up being just, just fine and dandy to work yeah. with. But it was almost presented to me as, okay, here's the offer and this is the title company we're using. And I was like, okay, but you do have a choice yeah, as so, a buyer. So I market um, and, and I market almost um, strictly to real estate agents because mm -hmm. they're the ones making a lot of those decisions for the client um, because the, the clients just, they just may not understand or not even know the questions to ask, but you do have control of, mm -hmm. of it and it's all negotiable. So for me, it would be important to, to know the people that I'm working with and have them be my people. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and it's huge too. So I will say, um, I think probably one of the last things we'll touch on in today's episode is kind of how the title company and the mortgage company work in conjunction sure. with each other. Sure. So that, um, so I'll give you a real quick synopsis of how it happens. I get a contract, um, then the lender will, the mortgage company will send me what's called a title request. That gives me all the information on who the lender is, how much the loan is, so on and so forth. We order all our searches, we get all our searches back. Um, we send a package to the lender uh, they've got a list of documents they need. We send that. Then um, then once the lender clears it to close, there's a little bit of back and forth between mm -hmm. the title company and the lender, uh, and that's called balancing. And so um, they'll send us, uh, the, the lender will send us the fees. We'll add our fees. We'll put it, merge it into one document, basically. Yep. And then we go back and forth until we're all on the same page. And then, um, but it's definitely, <coughs> excuse me, it's definitely important that there's a good line of communication um, mm -hmm. because it can happen really quick if the communication is good. Um, oh, yeah. And then when it's not, it tends to grind to a halt. So. Well, and just to think of it this way, too, when you're getting a mortgage, you can't get a clear to close on your mortgage without <coughs> the information Correct. from the title company. So it really is important that the two yep. are working together. Yep. Like I had one uh, this past week and not a bad title company, but we had a 45 day closing period and we didn't get the title work until five days before closing. Yeah, that's, that's pushing it. And we, we could have got the clear to close weeks prior to that, but we had to wait because we didn't have I think it's work. important that even, and that's, this is why, again, going back to trying to have your title company, your realtor, your mortgage company, Everybody needs to work together. Like we're all trying to get to the same finish line. So it's mm -hmm. not, um, it's not more, it's not like, oh, like they're not doing this or they're not doing that. It's more about like, it's just accountability and like saying, hey, like I have a lot going on. You have a lot going on. Um, mm -hmm. Your agent has a lot going on. So it's just everybody being on the same page so that um, we all understand we're trying to get to the same place so that if you say, hey, Jake, we need this, and I know, like, hey, let's, because maybe maybe it, it was on my list of to-dos, but maybe it's, like, number 27 instead of 20, instead of two. Uh-huh. I can, I can bump it up the line a little bit. So 
that part's important as far as the two communicating together. Um, but, you know, like you and me, we communicate with a lot of different companies, title companies or mortgage companies that <laughs> it can be frustrating. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I want to, I told, I told one of the, one of the, um, one of the ladies in my office the other day, I said, the most frustrating thing for me is when I just go days with no response. Like it just drives me crazy. Right. Uh-huh. And so we try not to do that um, and try and get on top of everything. I, I have a, I told you guys a little earlier, one of my little secrets, I, I, I love clearing files. I'll give you one of my other ones. Um, I can't leave my office until my emails are cleared out. So uh-huh. if you want to get something done with me, send me an email. <laughs> like if you look at my phone right now, there's probably like a thousand unread text messages. Uh-huh. Right? And it's not, I just, I, so my mind wraps itself around the email. So people have learned, send Jake an email and, and, and it'll get and done. So I like it. <coughs> well, me. and now before we wrap up the episode, we had put a pin in it earlier, yes. but now that everyone knows a little bit more about what title work is, what a title company does, how it works with the mortgage company. Yep. Do you have a interesting story? Something like maybe something came back or one of those really hard puzzle pieces that yeah. you were able to put together? I mean, I deal with, um, I, I mean, I can just think of um, like, I'm trying to think of which one I want to do that's not going to take forever. I deal with a lot of, um, people that are deceased. And, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times people think that, well, my sister passed away and left it to me, but the paperwork doesn't say that. And <sighs> so you got to go through this process with people of, um, helping them understand that like, yeah, it, and that may be the case. And you may have lived here for 20 years and, and, um, but it still has to have a paper trail to follow mm-hmm. up on. One of the other ones I deal with quite a bit, um, is, uh, I'm trying to see if there's a good, a good music sound for this one. Um, try the intro. Let's do that. That'll work. (laughs) So the state of Florida has really strong homestead rules. I get asked all the time. Um, how do I like sell my house without my wife signing? Like it happens all the time. And so Florida has really strong homestead rules that protects spouses among other things, but it protects spouses from being able to have things like that happen. And, um, or I hear a lot of, um, well, we're, we're, we've been separated for 10 years, but like the divorce was never final. So, Oh, I hear about those all the time too. So that, so your title insurance actually protects you from things like that. Right. So for instance, say somebody was selling the home, um, and like, I mean, it's probably the, the next one. I'll do one for the fraud class, but, um, say somebody's selling the, their home and you say, okay, um, Frank, are you single or married? No, I'm single. What do you have that would actually verify the authenticity of the fact that he's single or married, right? There's really, you, you have to take his word for it. He signs paperwork. Yeah. So then all of a sudden a wife shows up two years later and says, you know, I was, like I never signed off on it. So your uh-huh. title insurance would protect from things like that. Mm. I see that all the time. Like like people conveniently leave their spouses off or I'm div- I, I, I common law the common law divorce. Like okay. that's not a thing. It's, yeah. So 
I tell people like, as long as your paperwork lines up, um, I had somebody the other day, um, I, I have in my safe under my desk, the lady had, she did a quiet title. She, she did a quiet title to wipe her husband out off of the title <laughs> of the property and it worked. So I don't know what he did, but all I know is I had this paperwork from a judge and then all of a sudden, um, the, the husband's attorney's calling me saying, Hey, like, and then they refile. And so it, oh it's gosh. just, it, it's happening. And These so spouses are vicious. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a whole nother show, but, um, it, it's, but it just goes to show you that like, you want to be able to buy a property with confidence, but there's a lot of, you're, you're taking a lot of messy stuff and making it yeah. into a nice clean package and then moving forward. But, um, but yeah, no, I've, I've, I've had some interesting conversations with people, um, or, you know, like a spouse. I, I had, I had another one where a spouse, this is, you can't even think this up. Their no. husband and wife are married. They get divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, so that changes the ownership of the property, the, the legal divorce. Yeah. Um, they get remarried. The husband passes away in Florida their homestead property it automatically passes to the wife but it doesn't because when they got divorced it changed their ownership structure and then when they got remarried to each uh, other not not to other people they got remarried yeah. to each other um they needed to do a new deed to re-establish the proper tenancy tenancy oh and gosh. and so they wound up having to actually go through probate and but like how would you think to ask somebody that like, you hey, so you guys are married, you got divorced. Is there any chance that you guys got divorced in this marriage and then got back together? You know what I'm right? saying? Like, it's a lot of, oh, it's a lot of moving so pieces. If that's not figured out before, then that could be something that pops up later. And then you have the insurance to protect you from it, even though it's still a pain to deal with. But, but either way, the, the, the moral of the story something. is it ended well. Like, it just took a long time. So, yeah, Yay! exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, you're going to get another couple chance to couple chance chances to listen to myself and Jacob. So we're going to be back next week with part two of our three week series. Can I make a plug? Absolutely. um, Two and three are going to be awesome. Yeah. Like they're good. These are two of my favorite subjects to talk about. And, um, so I had to endure one to get to two and three. So. <laughs> exactly. We, so, but it's important that we got you guys a basic understanding yeah. as we go into yeah, the next but, one. So we're talking about fraud and we're going to be talking about real estate investing stuff. And these are these are my favorites. So uh, I hope you guys come back. And before we leave, Jacob, where can everyone find you or get in contact with you if they have questions or just want to talk yeah, to you? Yeah, so I don't know if it's going to pop up on the screen or anything, but um, my my email is jweb at level10title.com, and it's the number 10. Uh, so jweb at level10title.com, uh, or my office phone number is 561-899-0996. Awesome, and you guys know where to find me. All the social media platforms, Lending with Leah, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and there's an email. So feel free to email me at lendingwithleah at gmail.com. And we will see you guys for next week's episode.